Hi and welcome to the third episode of the 18 Yards podcast. In this episode, we'll start with a quick review of the season so far and the most exciting games which have taken place through the course of the tournament. We'll then move into our main topic of this episode, in which we'll be discussing and analysing the recently concluded transfer window and the impact it has had on various teams. As usual, we'll conclude by sharing our tips on the Fantasy League, followed by a quick review of the upcoming Premier League week. So before we start discussing the transfer window, Yuvan, what are your thoughts on the season so far and how the teams have fared? Okay, so obviously it's been a really exciting season. It's been fast-paced. Some teams have exceeded their uh, expectations. Um, some big surprises there too, obviously. And um, the way the season is going, I think it one with the quality that's coming to the Premier League. And I'm really excited for it. Okay, brilliant. Before before I move on to Ari, Yuvan, one quick prediction. Who do you think will win the Premier League? I'm going to with okay, Salah boot. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Ari, moving on to you. What are your thoughts on the season so far? I think this season is going to be a very long season for the defenders. Seeing the amount of goals that players are banging in week in, week out. Uh, I mean, right. Aston Villa scoring seven against Liverpool. Spurs is scoring six against Manchester United. Leicester scoring five against Manchester City. I think it's going to be a very long season for the defenders. They should be prepared for anything, especially the penalties. A quick prediction, uh, winner of this year's league. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Liverpool because... It's Aston Villa, Aston Villa, <laughs> Aston Villa. Oh, if, Liverpool. if it's Villa, it'll be amazing though. <laughs> what are your thoughts? What do you think season so far? How's your... Not how's your team doing, we'll get onto that later, but just your general thoughts on the season so far. But like Ari said, goals, 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 goals. So, I mean... I think what the second weekend of the of the of the season we had the most goals ever scored in a game week. Um, right. We've had Leicester beat City five two, Villa beat um, Liverpool seven two, Spurs Southampton five two, Spurs United six one. So yeah, it's also been a highlight of the most number of penalties so far in a season in this duration. Yeah, but I mean that handball rule is contributing to that, which is. Right. I mean, right. completely rubbish. But yeah, crazy, crazy start to the season. Very, very open. I think this is going to be the most open season we've had in a while. And like I, I said in the first episode, that Liverpool's going to run away with it. And we may that may change. So let's see. So you're sticking to your prediction of Liverpool? Uh, are you going to change as of the third? No. Well, I mean, no, the prediction I haven't... If you have to give a prediction, who would it be? Uh, I would still say Liverpool are the team to beat, but ask me again in three episodes and we'll see. <laughs> so, as of today, Liverpool. Yeah. Brilliant. So, moving on to our main topic of this episode, which is obviously the recently concluded transfer window. Um, Rad, do you want to start with Spurs and how their transfer window has fared? Debatably, arguably one of the best or probably the best transfer um window amongst the Premier League teams with the likes of, obviously, Bale, Hoiberg, Vinicius, Regulon, Doherty, Hart. They've sort of filled the gap, the vacuum of all of all the deficient players in the team. So, what, what do you make of this new Spurs side? How do you think they're going to uh, do this, this season? I think for the first time in many, many years, Spurs have had a very balanced squad and a squad where there's depth in every position. So, I mean, we've got Two left backs, two right backs, three keepers, five, six centre backs. Um, 
and plenty of midfielders. We've got Bale, Mura. I mean, we've got players everywhere. Um, we've got obviously the incomings with Bale being the marquee signing, and we spoke about it in the last episode. Touched upon how Spurs have needed this marquee signing for a while. Um, Vinicius obviously comes in after about one and a half years since Lorente left. Interesting right. fact about interesting fact about him: last season was the first season he played as a out and out striker. He was a centre back who then moved to a midfielder who moved to a striker and played his full first full season as striker at the age of twenty five. So yeah, just to conclude, just to conclude. We've got a full squad, and I'm I'm very very hopeful with the players we've brought in. Right, and do you think it's the perfect window, or do you think the addition of a centre back and the likes of Skriniar would have made it a perfect window? I think I think getting Skriniar on top of this was always going to be the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know we've got Sanchez, Alderweireld, Dyer, who's not playing badly. Right. Davies, who can deputise. We've got Tanganga, um, who's an up and coming, and we may get Joe Joe Rodon from. Swansea. So, I think we've got cover there and the rumour mill has it that we're going to go back in for Skriniar in January, depending on how the season goes, because the turnaround between the summer and winter window is so quick this time. Um, so, let's see. I mean, at the moment, I'm very happy with the squad. If we get Skriniar in January, I mean, that that's going to be great. Then we've really got a squad that can challenge in the in, in the in this season, hopefully, and definitely in the seasons to come after this. Brilliant. So, moving on to Everton, the talk of the town right now, because they are obviously leading the table. They seem to be everyone's favourites right now. So, Yuvan, do you want to sort of talk about Everton and discuss their signings, discuss how they've played so far and what what you might make for them in uh, the upcoming fixtures? Everton, they are four games. They've got off to a flying start. And I think a lot of it is down to Ancelotti and the way he's managed this team. And he's got the funds to bring in some really great reinforcements. Thomas is looking like the signing of the season already. And what he's done with Dominic Calvert-Lewin is brilliant. He's made him... He's turned into the ultimate coach right now. Plus, they've got added ranks in the midfield with Ducore, Allen, and they've got Godfrey too. So, a lot of optimism for Everton, I feel. And... If they make top six, I think it'll be a good season for them. They can make top right. six, but I don't think they should get ahead of themselves right now. Fair. And as a Liverpool supporter, how does it feel seeing Everton obviously progressing so far, being above you on the table, doing quite well for themselves? How does it How does it make you feel? I mean, it's four games compared to the last 40 years, 50 years. So, I'm not going to over that. So, so, you're still... Cautiously optimistic or rather optimistic about Liverpool in comparison to Everton this season? I'm confident about it. Fair. Right. So, ironically, moving on to Aston Villa, they've also had some some quite invaluable signings in the likes of Ross Barkley, uh, Ollie Watkins, Matty Cash and Martinez from Arsenal. So, Ari, do you want to touch upon Aston Villa and talk about their transfers and how they've fared in the season so far and what you make of their the, the future of their season? Uh, in my opinion, I think Aston Villa have had the best transfer window in the Premier League. And surprisingly, yeah. it's, it's gone really under the radar. I mean, last season, one of the main issues with the team was the creativity. They had no one, no one except Jack Grealish to create goals and to score goals. 
this year they've managed to loan in Ross Barkley who I feel is a quality player especially if he plays in a team like Aston Villa a, a team when he can play week in week out and coming to the scoring goals issue they have gone and got the best championship player a team could get this season they've got Ollie Watkins who scored 26 goals in last season championship won the golden boot in the championship also winning the player of the season at championship I think he's a, I think he's a really really good signing and we could see that again in, in the game against Liverpool Ross Barkley and Jack especially Jack Grealish I mean the freedom he got because of Ross, because of Ross Barkley being in the team was just insane and he he literally single-handedly killed Liverpool in that game 7-2 you need to take Aston Villa seriously after that window right <laughs> right right and a lot of people as you rightly mentioned a lot of people have been talking about the uh, Grealish Barkley Oh, uh, link up. So, how do you feel? How do you see Barkley playing the season? Is he going to sort of play the more attacking player that he was at Chelsea, where he used to sort of go in, get get a couple of goals, get get the occasional goals as well? Or do you see him playing more defensively with, uh, obviously, Jack Grealish playing a little more up front? Uh, I don't think Barkley is going to be very attacking, and neither do I right. think he's only going to be defensive. He's somewhere. He's going to operate in the central midfield role because what Aston Villa need is they need Jack Grealish to play in his best position, and I think that is when Jack Grealish is dribbling past defenders, scoring goals, putting crosses in, putting the good key passes into Ollie Watkins. I think Jack, that, having Ross Barkley will give Jack Grealish a lot of freedom, and I think that will be the reason Aston Villa do so well in this entire season. Also, they have managed to get in de- defensive reinforcements in Martinez and Matica, so that's that's really good in my opinion. Brilliant, brilliant. So, uh, moving on to Chelsea, obviously, who were the initial talk of the transfer window with all the magnificent signings they made within within the initial initial part of the window. They've had some, they, they've they've signed some world class players: Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, Kai Havertz, Thiago Silva, Chilwell, and obviously their latest addition, Mendy. So, what do you guys feel about? The, the the Chelsea transfer window and how how important is the role of Mendy going to be seeing obviously seeing Kepa's performance and seeing that Caballero is more of is going to play more more the role of a third keeper or do you think he'll still be the second keeper where Kepa will be more third keeper so do you guys want to Ari do you want to just do you want to talk about Chelsea and their their window and how they how they fared yeah I think uh... Chelsea just where other clubs struggled that was the financial part of the window Chelsea really excelled in that they took advantage of the pandemic they splashed out 230 million on players like Havertz Timo Werner both quality players in my opinion one of Bundesliga's best two players last season they also got Ben Chilwell who I think is a is a great left back and he performed really well in his debut scoring one goal assisting one and they i mean kepa was a disaster kepa was a disaster of a signing right. and they got in mendy who i don't think he's still proven himself as a top goal, goalkeeper but i think any goalkeeper is better than kepa i mean they could have got they could have got gurpreet gurpreet singh sandhu and he could have been a better keeper than kepa so so i think Fair. i think we should put some respect <laughs> on gurpreet singh sandhu his quality all, I, all, I'm, all i'm saying the is Indian all wall. i'm saying is kepa is a disaster kepa disaster. So I think that they had a really good transfer window, and what now? What I want to see is the new signings gelling together and giving Fat Frank a good season, which I think <laughs> right, right, can right. happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but uh, just just 
quickly just touching upon as you had, you would discuss there uh, the the team chemistry i think what a lot of people have been discussing is how they sort of splurge the money they've got all the world class players but that same team chemistry doesn't seem to be there so is it is it is it because of frank lampard is it because of the chelsea style of play or you want you want to you want to just maybe talk about how the, the chelsea team hasn't hasn't been the team everyone would have liked to see so far yeah so no denying they've got some brilliant transfers in but they need to start playing as a unit now and i think that's down to frank lampard he needs to implement a system where he gets the best out of the new signings and yeah mendy was a much needed signing for chelsea and yeah let's see how they fare this season fair 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 i think i, think I, I just, just just to butt in here uh, a little bit sure i think i said it in the first episode and i agree i agree that Chelsea need time they also i think we have to keep in mind the signings they've made are very young the manager is young the signings they've made are young so there's a lot of youth in the team i mean yeah they have aspilicueta they have thiago silva and all but it will take this uh, team a little bit of time to 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 gel i mean i hope they don't i'll be very happy if they don't but i think we do have to give them a little bit of time right um moving on from chelsea let's just talk about manchester united because they seem to be the team which hasn't lived up to potential they haven't sort of they haven't sort of performed half of what was expected of them this season so far so they have had some interesting signing signings in the likes of van de beek or uh, alex tellez and obviously latest latest signing or uh, elson cavani but what do you guys feel how what's what's lacking in the united team so far what where where are they what's 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 missing in the team is it the team chemistry is it ole because there's been a lot of talk about how obviously ole is on the wheel so is 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 the car crashing or do you guys do you guys see it picking up picking up any time soon uh, rahan use obviously seem to be the most interested because of spurs recent fixture against them So what, what what do you make of United performance? I think it's I'm I'm not just excited to talk about how United are doing well. Not just because of not just because of uh, the Spurs fixture, but uh, because I said this in the first episode and everyone sort of laughed at me when I said Ole would be the first right, player. right, right, and and and. Basically, I mean, I've said this for a while now. I've said this when we didn't have the podcast. United, first and foremost, they need new leadership. Ole Ole was okay as a caretaker manager, but he's not got the quality, the tactical quality, or any sort of management quality to be at the helm of a club like Manchester United. That's that's just that's just the first thing. After that, I mean. they were trying to sign sancho for 120 million when they've got a car crash of a defense right i mean they spent they they're bidding 90 million for sancho when you can get kulibali for 80 so i mean it's just all over the place you're saying ole is at the wheel but the wheel is somewhere <laughs> the the car is somewhere and it's just it's just a complete mess and i would not want to be a manchester united fan right now right i just touching upon as you mentioned jaden sancho obviously the huge talk amongst all united fans and the entire united sort of community was the hype around jaden sancho and that he is finally coming to united so what what do you guys think where did that fall through was it because of dortmund sort of 
would would Dortmund not leave him at any cost, or was it because of their bid, or was it or was it going to leave a huge vacuum in the Dortmund team as well? Ari, do you want to sort of touch on uh, Jaden Sancho and his fate slash future at uh, United? I think uh, Jaden Sancho made the right choice. Who would want to leave a team like Dortmund, who have a great future ahead of them? They have some amazing, amazing young players in Haaland and Giovanni Reina. And if Sancho sticks around, I think Dortmund is a much, much better than Manchester United. And only a person in the right, in the wrong mind, would like to go to a club like United right now—a club that is a disaster. And firstly, I would like to apologize to everyone. Because I couldn't be more wrong in saying United could finish top four at the front of finish top four in the first episode. I mean, right? A month ago, a month ago, no one was making much signings, but now United, everyone has made signings, and United have got a th- late thirty-year-old Kawani on two hundred thousand a month a week wage. I think that they've made right. unnecessary signings. They needed a centre back. He always said he he doesn't need a centre back. I know it. Rai knows it. Yuvan knows it. You know it. Every damn person in the entire world knows it. United needs needs defensive uh, recruitments. Right, right, right. And the, and the manager himself saying they don't need one is just it's it's just blasphemy in in in, in my opinion. Fair. Oh, uh, uh. Listen, I think I think I think just just to end on Manchester United, I'd like to say I mean. See, we have no special hatred on this yeah, podcast towards think. Manchester United. It's just that I mean, I mean, as a football fan, it's I mean, it, some things aren't meant to be, and you can tell a club the size of Manchester United, the size of Manchester United cannot like I mean, they cannot be losing, they cannot be winning against Brighton three two due to a last minute handball, losing to Crystal Palace, losing six one in the first three weeks of the season. I mean, it's just not something you like to see, right? So since everyone has such a strong opinion about United, I just want to—I just want to have like one quick. Where do you guys feel United will finish in the season as of today? I'm going to say outside the top four, but I think they'll make top six. Top six, Rahan. I I agree. I I think I mean it all depends. I mean if they get rid of all, I mean it depends where they're going to go. But I would still say the quality in the squad will have them finishing maybe sixth, between fifth and seventh. And I don't think they get into the top four anymore. Same, same. I, I don't I don't think right now they have a chance of even touching the top four. All the teams above okay. them are pure quality. I think I think our opinions I I think our opinions are so strong on this because everyone had them finishing in the top four. And yeah. I mean Mentally, physically, they, I they've disappointed me on, on another level. <laughs> right, right. So moving on to Liverpool, they haven't had the most eventful of transfer windows, but obviously they do have <coughs> quite. They, they had an eventful yeah. couple of. Weeks. <laughs> they had an eventful couple of weeks, of course. But in, in regards to their transfer window, they haven't had that. They haven't had that many signings, but regardless, they have quite a team. So, Yuvan, do you want to talk us through the Liverpool team? And their signings, and what you sort of make of the Liverpool's uh, season ahead and season so far. I think the typical Klopp signings. We got two players right. we really needed who are going to slot in right into our squad. Thiago, we all know what he brings to the table. He's he's a player who's got more trophies than some of the EPL clubs combined. <laughs> so yeah, right. He brings in. He played 45 minutes against Chelsea, but it looked as if he'd been playing there for years. And okay, 
Jota for 45 million might be a little expensive. I was a little taken back by that. But I think he's got what it takes to play for this Liverpool team. Fair. And obviously, Liverpool's main contenders, Manchester City, uh, in terms of their performances, they also haven't been up to the mark as people would have expected them to be. So, uh, what, what do we make of their transfers? They obviously have had some interesting transfers in the likes of Nathan Ake, Ruben Diaz and Torres. But how, how do we feel? Because I personally don't see the same City side as it was or as it should have been, slash could have been. But at the same time, they are still a lethal force. They have a lethal attack, especially with Aguero back. I think he's going to be back, if not next week, in a couple of weeks. So, how do we see City and how they're going to fare, especially in the top four this season? Uh, so, I think, you see, City always have the... Or, I mean, City still have one of the best squads in the right. league. Right. In terms of squad, they may still be the best squad. But the thing is, I mean... Over the last season and the beginning of this season, they haven't looked the same city of maybe a season and a half back or two seasons back. So it's tough to keep track of the seasons with the change in schedule. But yeah, so I mean, Ruben Diaz is a brilliant signing. Um, if Spurs were going for him, if he had come to Spurs, I would have been really happy. Um, Nathan Ake is a good squad player. Ferran Torres is a good squad player. It's just, I mean, City have to overcome the mistakes they made in the last last season. And, I mean, the way they've started this season, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But but the way, how open this season is, leaves everything everything wide, wide open. Right, right, right. So, and I also just want to take Yuvan's opinion on it. As a Liverpool fan, how do you see uh, City's performance and what kind of a threat do you think they're going to be on Liverpool and on the league? So, as a squad, they pretty much said they've had a good squad for the last two, three years, a lot of depth. But now they just need to make sure that, you know, they go back to the form of 2017, 2018, where they didn't, they were hardly losing a single game. And like last season, they lost 10 games, which is pretty surprising. And uh, I think they've made some decent transfers, but I think the, tra- the players that have gone out, like Silva and Sane, that's going to hurt them. Because those okay. are the players. So, do you still think top two city, top four, top six? Yeah, um, top two. League contenders. Top two. It's hard brilliant. To okay. Cool. Outside, but yeah. I think the, the last, the final team we should sort of discuss is Arsenal. They have had quite a good start, quite a decent start to the season so far, and <clears throat> doing quite well for themselves. Aubameyang's playing pretty well. They have, they have had quite, quite, the, quite the start they did, did wanted to have. So and also obviously with the likes of William, their 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 half line seems to be sort of complete now. So Ari, do you want to? What are your thoughts on the Arsenal team? I think year? Arsenal had a very decent transfer window. Again, they improved areas that needed improvement. They signed Gabriel, who improves their defense a lot. I mean, he's been playing well in the beginning of the season, at least for now. Uh, they got they got Willian, who provides a good competition to Nicolas Pepe. I think a young player like him needs competition. And I think he'll learn a lot from Willian. Also, they pinned down Aubameyang for three more years. So, that in itself is a very big, big victory for Arsenal. Because Aubameyang is one of the best players in the Premier League. 
you could see that last year we saw last year last year he scored 22 goals in each season uh, also they they got in sebayos on loan again who who's been performing very I, i wouldn't say he's been he's been performing like a world class midfielder but he's been performing on a good level a level that arsenal needs right now so i think they've had a very decent window to conclude and i think they they have a good, they have a good manager so top 6 i wouldn't say top 6 is out of the water for them okay sure lovely so just moving on to the final sector obviously discussing the rather competitive fantasy premier league and obviously the 18 yards mini league within it um i think it'll be absolutely criminal to not take ari's view on it because he is the, the league the league topper right now so ari what what are your thoughts for you what's what's the secret to your to your success so far and you want to touch upon the 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 main players and as with with the international break so far a lot of people must be considering using their wild cards so what tips and thoughts do you have of See, if if you're using the wild card i have one tip for you just get in ryan brewster for 4.5 million i think he sheffield have been struggling up front and he has the potential to just jump into the starting lineup and if he's jumps in starting lineup he's a striker at 4.5 million that's a very very cheap price for a starting forward and you can use the budget you saved elsewhere so uh, i think first of all what i did was i have taken shea adams out of my team i mean i've always backed him and he has always betrayed me week in week out so i think it's good by shea adams forever and uh, i think one player that you should have in your team is mohammed sala for start for starters right. he's been scoring penalties and as we can see people have been scoring penalties a lot son has been in great form i think uh, rai could uh, expand on that about son and kane two good spurs players to have okay cool so your main players would sort of be sort of be who ryan brewster son and uh, what was the third player you mentioned Salah, of course, of course. Rahan, as you mentioned, Son, do you do you want to talk about the sort of Son Kane link up and whether you feel both are absolutely crucial to your FPL teams? You, you know, I mean, I started I started the first game week with three right. Spurs players, played my wild card after the first game week, and I'm happy to say I'm I'm doing much better now. Um, I think the most important lesson I've learned in the past four game weeks. Uh, in terms of FPL, is ditch the defense. So I've ditched Trent, I've ditched Van Dijk, and I have only spent. Bro, my recording about keep stopping. Oh, <laughs> That's an L, bro. <laughs> is it gone? Just join back on that link. He, he can't hear us without uh, Rai. You have to mute yourself. He, he can't hear us without uh, Rai. Okay, wait. No. Mute, mute your. Um, he is not muted. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. We'll have to pick up again from Rai. Um. Hmm. FPL. Cool. Sorry. 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 Um. On yours. On your timings. What does it show? Twenty-two. Oh shit! On minus thirty seconds. Okay, cool. That doesn't matter. Um, so we're going to discuss. Uh, so, yeah. Just, you guys are just discussing FPL, no? No. FPL, and then uh, next week's. What are next week's two fixtures yeah. we have to discuss? Merseyside derby. So you want you have to talk about that. Everton Liverpool. Okay, bro. Okay, can we just hurry up? I need to go in eight minutes. Bro, very important meeting. Okay. 
Yeah, Merseyside derby and second one was City Arsenal. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll finish. Rai, just talk about FPL. Let me go on to the fixtures. Cool. Three, two, yeah. one. Right, so talking about the Son Kane link up, right? Do you want to discuss the the cruciality of both these players on an FPL side, or do you think there is still space and room for other players, and whether we should ex- include slash exclude them? So I think you know um, they're both obviously in top top form. Kane with six assists or seven six assists, I think, in the Premier League. Kane with six goal, uh, Son with six goals. I think, I mean, with and with uh, what's very important to note, with an easy set of fixtures through um, the rest of October and early November, I I would have both in my team. Um, another thing that I would hugely recommend is to ditch the expensive defense. I've I've spent about a total of fourteen million on my defense with um, four four point five million defenders, which you can rotate and put in. I'm not going to name who, not to give too much away. But yeah, I would I would say ditch the defense and um, focus on the midfield with players like Son, Salah. Fair. And so ditch the defense Devin and Calvin focus Kuhn. on midfield and attack. Um, Lovely. Yeah. So just finally concluding with yeah. obviously the upcoming fixtures of next week. I think the two highlight games will obviously be the, the Merseyside derby and Manchester uh, City versus Arsenal. So Yuvan, do you want to quickly touch upon the Merseyside derby and how both teams will, according to you, fare in this derby? Yeah. So, it's a big, big, big test for both the teams and it's going to be a tasty derby because I think it's the first time in years that the gap in quality has been reduced between the teams. And I think if I said I wasn't scared for the game because Everton looked like a good side, but this win will mean a lot for us after last weekend, obviously, and I think we really need it. And do you feel the pressure is all on Liverpool because Everton have nothing to lose in this in, in terms of they came into the season obviously nowhere in comparison to, to the Liverpool side. But uh, on the flip side, they also have that added burden of being the top of the table right now. So do you think it's it's Liverpool who's going to have all the pressure or is it going to be both equally sort of divided? I mean, when you won a Champions League and a league back, it's always going to be on you, right? Right, right. Right. Liverpool will be the team to beat right now. But yeah, I think Everton can take the game to us, but I'm pretty sure we'll get the win. Fair. And the last game, obviously, Manchester City versus Arsenal. Rahan, do you want to discuss the, the, the two, these two, these two monstrous sides rather, and how they how the game would pan out? I think, obviously, whenever you look at Manchester City versus Arsenal with the current management, you look at um, Pep versus Arteta, which is always an interesting battle. Um, City need a win. I mean, to put it simply, City need a win. They've drawn to Leeds. They've got smashed by Leicester. Um, Arsenal are not looking bad. But again, City on their day can beat anyone in the world, in my opinion. Uh, so let's see. It's going to be an interesting game, but I think City will 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 get the better of of Arsenal in maybe a okay, one win. I think I think just before we end, just the last game I'd like to put in as a Spurs fan is keep an eye out um, for this weekend because we will probably be seeing Harry Kane, Human Son, and Gareth Bale on the 
on the same pitch at the same time, and that should be a goal fest against or a surgeon. Let's not talk to soon. See how sure you've just been jinxing but we shall end on that note so thank you to all our listeners we hope you've enjoyed this episode and do keep sending in your feedback thoughts or any other suggestions you'll have as your feedback is absolutely invaluable to us feel free to share this podcast with other like-minded football fans around the world and we hope you guys have a great week ahead